0: Oh, the nearness of it all, the cusp, the brink, the fringe, the threshold, the unfolding, the rumour. The prophets have spoken and the time is now. Transformation of conflict to peace, shadows to light, individualism to community. Incarnation is slipping into skin. So we gather together on the mountain of the Lord, with all who travel towards the light. Hi, and welcome to St. Miriam's Church in Stonehouse. My name's Stuart, and I get to be the minister here. We're delighted that you've chosen to join us today, from wherever you find yourself. Today in worship, I'll be joined by Margaret. She'll read for us and lead us in our prayers later. So let's hear what Isaiah and Matthew have to say to us this morning. The Old Testament
1: reading can be found in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. This is the message which God gave to Isaiah, son of Amos, from Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain where the temple stands will be the highest one of all, towering above all the hills. Many nations will come streaming to it, and their people will say, Let us go up the hill of the Lord to the temple of Israel's God. He will teach us what he wants us to do. We will walk in the paths he has chosen, for the Lord's teaching comes from Jerusalem. From Zion he speaks to his people. He will settle disputes among great nations. They will hammer their swords into ploughs and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will never again go to war, never prepare for battle again. Now descendants of Jacob. Let us walk in the light which the Lord gives us. A New Testament reading today can be found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. No one knows, however, when that day and hour will come, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son. The Father alone knows. The coming of the Son of Man will be like what happened in the time of Noah. In the days before the flood, people ate and drank, Men and women married up to the very day Noah went into the boat. Yet they did not realise what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. That is how it will be when the Son of Man comes. At that time, two men will be working in a field. One will be taken away, the other will be left behind. Two women will be at a mill grinding meal. One will be taken away, the other will be left behind. Be on your guard then because you do not know what day your Lord will come. If the owner of a house knew the time when the thief would come, and can be sure, you can be sure that he would stay awake and not let the thief break into his house. So then, you also must always be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you are not expecting him.
0: Welcome to Advent, to the waiting season where the light prepares and the angels stir, and the stars shift, and the Word begins to put on flesh, waiting to move in among us. But that's not quite where we are, at least not what we're presented with in our readings from Scripture this morning, is it? And this, the first Sunday in Advent Matthew's Gospel, presents us with something altogether more problematic and frightening. This passage about the coming of the Son of Man being like the days of Noah scares the living daylights out of us because we know that the days of Noah was, well, a time of much evil. So much evil that God decided to start over and sent a flood and only a few were saved. And here is Jesus saying that the same thing will happen again. Where all of a sudden, when we're all just getting on with our lives, going about our daily business, One will be taken and one will be left behind. And it all seems so random, so arbitrary. A whole branch of theology and loads of books, TV shows and films have grown up around this idea. The taking of some and the leaving of others is called the rapture. I often listen to a preaching podcast from Working Preacher. It helps to get some ideas and to understand what some of the readings are about. And this week as they started to talk about Advent and this text in particular and how scary it was, one of the hosts said, yeah, I much prefer baby Jesus. And we all do, don't we? We'd all much rather think about a a cute little baby all wrapped up in blankets and bathed in candlelight because all this stuff about people being taken away and left behind, it's just too hard. But that lays bare one of the problems that we have with Advent. We think that it's something that it's really not. Advent isn't the countdown to Christmas. Even though our calendars count down to the, the day where the baby Jesus will be born and we're bombarded with adverts telling us how few shopping days left we have. That's not actually the point of Advent at all. Advent's about anticipation. It's about waiting. It's about looking forward. But the thing that we anticipate, that we wait for, that we look forward to, is the second coming of Jesus. That's why we are presented with these passages from Matthew and Isaiah this morning. Passages about the end times. We explored the story of Christmas to help us to understand what the next time might be like and what might be the signs of that time coming near for for Christ to come again I think it might help if we it might help us to go all the way to the end of the Bible to spend a little bit of time with the book of Revelation, that book about the end times. Remember in Revelation 21 it talks about how the home of God would be among the people among the mortals And there'll be no more crying or pain or even death because the first things will have passed away. That the kingdom of heaven will be here on earth. One of the odd things about the rapture is that we assume that it's the good people who are taken. Why? Why do we think that? Why do we assume that that's the case? Especially given that there seems to be plenty of evidence to suggest That being left behind is the better outcome. In the times of Noah, the people who were left behind were the ones who didn't go into the ark and they were drowned. In the end times described in Revelation, the establishment of God's kingdom is here, not somewhere else. It's the moment when Everything comes together in peace, just as Isaiah describes when all the nations come together to learn the ways of peace on the mountain of the Lord. Here. Here and now. In this place. Not somewhere else. Those who are taken, they don't get to join in. And of course this writing is a metaphor. It's an example to show us that those who reject the ways of peace and justice are the ones who are cut off from the kingdom. Not because not everyone is welcome, but because our own decisions, our own rejection of God, our own clinging to the ways of violence and destruction leave us separated. Separated from each other because the way of violence means taking sides and deciding that some are with us and some are against us. Separated from those we think in some way don't deserve justice or deserve to live in peace. Separated from the possibility of living in harmony, free from fear. Some of you don't like it when I talk about politics but if Advent doesn't influence our decisions at the ballot box then we're really not paying attention to what any of this stuff is really about. It seems that One of the true tests of any political leadership now is your willingness to annihilate the planet and most of its population by launching nuclear missiles. Would you press a button? Kill everyone? Destroy everything? And just think about that for a second in the light of what we've read this morning. It seems that looking for ways to bring justice and peace between people who disagree, actually being willing to listen to both sides and to try to find a way forward from violence Those are the things that can get you into political trouble these days. Advent is about three things. History, mystery and majesty. The word Advent means coming. In Advent we only look back at what's already come to help us to look forward to what the next time might look like. So in history we look back to the birth of Jesus. And that helps us to understand how that happened. It reminds us how far a baby born in poverty was from what was expected, especially of a coming Messiah, a mighty king who would restore Israel and defeat all of their enemies. But their expectations of the Messiah were based on their own misreadings of their own history. And we do the same. They read the prophecies of Isaiah and Ezekiel and Micah and Hosea and all the others who told them a different kind of king who would bring a different kind of kingdom. kind of where peace and justice would prevail and, and they still wanted a strong leader who would make them great again, who would defeat their enemies, who would build a strong economy. So Advent's about history because it's vital that we learn from the past. That famous quote, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, tells us so much and we mostly ignore it and repeat it. So how about this year we don't How about this year we actually give some thought to what has gone on and why it's happened and what we might learn from that. And when we're at it, how about we stop, well, reading newspapers whose primary purpose seems to be telling us who to hate. Advent's a thoroughly radical idea that has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas trees and tinsel and presents or turkey or Black Friday or Cyber Monday and all of that stuff. Advent about anticipating a new way of living, and that means changing how we behave and what we think. As the jingling bells of Christmas start to ring, they should remind us that the sound of Advent is actually the anvil's clang, as swords are beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, and that we should see that as Something that isn't just a decommissioning of weapons, it's a transformation of the tools of war and hatred and death into the tools of life, a community, and abundance. It's a once and for all transformation. It's not conditional, it doesn't put swords away in a cupboard just in case we might need them again. They're gone, gone forever, repurposed for good, redesigned for inclusion. Upcycled for kingdom living. Of course, we don't have swords. At least, not many of us do. Our transformation is an inner one. It's a transformation of attitude, where we put aside our tendencies to to divide, to separate, to hate. Our quickness to think violence is the solution to any disagreement. Our hurry to be right instead of just. To walk in the light of the Lord is to learn the ways of peace. So welcome, welcome to the waiting season, where the light prepares and the angels stir and the stars shift. And the word, the word begins to put on flesh and to move among us. And if we're quiet enough, there's a song being sung, an ancient song, yet spoken for us. For us, a child is born. It's a song of promise, of hope, of incarnation. Incarnation. God in flesh finds us here. Brought to the cusp of Advent. So let's sing to the world the news the prophet spoke of. That Christ is on the way. That things will change. That hope will be born. (laughs)
2: i <laughs> you.
1: let us pray. Loving God, as our northern hemisphere grows dark, as winter takes hold and days are short, we are grateful for some hours of sunlight each day, a reminder that your light can never be put out. As we use artificial light to bring warmth and comfort to these Advent days, we are glad to remember that the light of the world is already here and will never leave us. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us. Hear our praise for the world and help us to listen for your answers. We pray for anyone who feels powerless within their home, work or community life. May they find opportunities and people to help them. We pray for anyone who feels bound to another person or a situation which they are unable to break free from. May they find strength to endure and people to assist them. We pray for anyone who is trying to follow in the way of Jesus, whatever their situation or circumstances. May they know your love surrounding them and people to encourage and support them. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us. We pray for all those with the responsibility for lawmaking. May they seek to create laws that are just and fair. We pray for all those who feel the law is binding them against their will and are struggling to change the law. We pray for all those who seek to undermine and ignore the law for selfish greed and desire. May they realise their errors and seek to turn from them. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world, each one trying to follow in the way of Jesus, each one empowered, bound and committed to God. May they know your peace and guiding light in these Advent days. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us. We pray for anyone searching for you this Advent. May they find you in all places and people and come to love and follow you. Jesus, light of the world, have mercy on us as we continue to pray and the words you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever.
0: Amen. As the light prepares and the angels and the stars shift, and the word begins to put on flesh, to move among us, we hear the song being sung, an ancient song, yet spoken for us. Unto us a child will be born. It's a song of promise, a song of hope, a song of incarnation to Advent God on this cusp may we be found hoping and may such hope continue to transform us and may you bless us and go with us this Advent season and always. The food bank meets every Sunday at St. Ian's Church from 1pm until 2.30pm. Your donations, as always, are very gratefully received. And our Advent Bible study will begin on Thursday the 1st of December and every Thursday thereafter in December from 730 And that's going to be on Zoom. The meeting ID and passcode are on your screen now or are available on the website. Our Christmas events starts soon and our first one is Santa's Grotto and Free Family Fun Day. That's on the 3rd of December. That's going to be from 10am until 2pm. You can come and see Santa and get involved in some absolutely brilliant Christmas activities for absolutely nothing. That's entirely free. On Tuesday, our coffee morning will include a Christmas carol service. That's on the 6th of December at 10.30am at St Innings. You're all invited. Please do come along for some coffee some Christmas treats and some carols and a Christmas service. Our Boys Brigade Company are hosting a carol service on Wednesday the 7th of December at 7pm in the church. That's the 7th of December at 7pm in the church and everyone's welcome to come and join in with that. On the afternoon of the 11th of December at 3.30pm, we have our Light in the Darkness service. That's a service of remembering for those who find Christmas a difficult time because of loss and bereavement. Please let your friends know, speak to folk that you think might benefit from this service, from coming along and being able to spend a bit of time in the quiet giving thanks and remembering. Our friends Anka and Quentin will be hosting a Candlelit concert on the 11th of December. That's in the evening at 7.30pm. Tickets for that are £10 and are available from folk at the church and that will include some refreshments. Our Christian Aid concert is back on the 18th of December Groups from around the village will entertain us and we'll all get to sing some Christmas carols together. Santa might even pay us a visit and that's from 6.30pm on Sunday the 18th of December raising funds for the fantastic charity that is Christian Aid and our Santa's Bedtime Story is back on the 23rd of December at half past six Santa's going to pop in He's very busy, but he's going to spare us some time. He's going to come and tell the little ones a story. There will also be some cookies and hot chocolate and stuff like that after the story in the hall. And, of course, our Watch Night and Family Christmas Eve services will be on the 24th of December.